Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Amen. Would you turn to somebody and tell them you look good in this place? You look good in church on Sunday morning. Amen. All right. All right. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is already anointed. God, God, I pray that we can deliver and receive and be blessed together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I'd like to start with a quote. Here it is this morning. We can... We ready? I need two people excited about the Word of God with me. All right. All right. All right. We can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. Ouch. Tell somebody, no, he didn't. That has nothing to do with the message. I just thought it was real cool. If you're just joining us, we've been going through the book of Daniel. How many of you have been here since the beginning? Amen, all ten of you, praise God. Um, We've been going through the book of Daniel since the start of this year, when as a body of Christ, we did a Daniel fast together for 21 days. And things have not been the same since. How many can testify to that? Our worship hasn't been the same. Our prayer hasn't been the same. That our times together haven't been the same. Individually, many of us have not been the same since. Amen? So things have not been the same. So what I want to do real quick kind of is a recap from the beginning to now. Because I I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. Amen? 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 Come on, where my excited people at? All right, so, so far we follow Daniel from the moment he was taken captive in chapter 1 because the enemy saw potential in him. We saw how Daniel and three like-minded young people, listen to me, were chosen and then renamed. They were chosen because they were young and strong, full of potential and still impressionable. They were renamed because the king wanted to change their identities, wanted to change who they were. See, if you weren't here for that message, you need to know that the enemy more than ever is still targeting our young people. And he's still doing an excellent job at it because all most young people need is someone to choose them and give them purpose by changing their identity. And for too long, the world has done a better job at it than the church. But it stops here. Amen? No, I don't believe you. It stops here. Amen? Now, listen, that might sound arrogant of me, that that I think I can make a difference, that, that I think that we can make a difference, but I don't think it's arrogant. I just really believe it's possible. I've seen enough change to really believe it's possible. Amen? We need to let our young people know that God promised them they would be a chosen people, 1 Peter 2.9. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. So that when the enemy targets them and tries to change their identity by teaching them in schools that they came from animals, 
So that when the gang lords choose them and give them an identity with a color bandana, a set of beads and a hand sign, it would be too late because the body of Christ has already stopped judging them and stopped worrying so much about changing their appearance and has already ac accepted them and empowered them and given them the identity by showing them the unconditional love of God. Amen? Then the truth that we were all created in the image of God, that we were knit together in our mother's womb, and that God has every hair on our heads numbered, and that He has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of them, has already gripped their hearts so that they know that because He promised, no power on earth or in hell can separate them from the love of God. Come on, some people don't sound like they believe it. See, that's why I always want us to strive as a church to do everything in excellence excellence in everything that we do I sent this quote out to my leaders this week listen to this excellence is the result of caring more than others think is wise risking more than others think is safe dreaming more than others think is practical and expecting more than others think it's possible amen because he promised because he promised that we are children of the most high God. Any dream that God puts in our hearts and our minds is possible. Anything that we set our minds to is possible. You might not believe that today. You might have come here with a different set of experience. But I want to let you know everything is possible. With God, all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. And all things are possible with God. Mark 10, 27. Because he promised. Because he promised. Listen, somebody needs to hear this. Anything that God gives us permission for, he's given provision for. Amen. Two people needed to hear that today. Okay, back to the message, which by the way is titled, Because he promised. Isn't that a beautiful, I mean, those three words could just change your life. If you just let that meditate in your heart and just, you could just sit and whatever you're going through, say, but because he promised I can get through this because he promised it doesn't matter because he promised why you serve God the way you do because he promised why do you go to church why do you why do you give why do you why because he promised amen those are good words all right so we've seen Daniel from the time he was chosen, from the time he was renamed and sent into training to be indoctrinated in Babylonian ways. And we've seen how Daniel and the boys refused to defile themselves with the king's food. And as a result, they ate only vegetables and drank only water. And yet, when it was time to be tested, they were stronger and healthier than all of the others and also, because they stayed in communication with God, even when they were taken out of their godly environment, they were wiser and had more understanding and more insight than all of the other young men. Side note, even when we're not in godly environments, we can stay in communication with God. Come on, somebody needs to hear that. Even when, how many of you know we're not always in godly environments, right? This might be the only semi-godly environment that we're in all week. And even that's questionable sometimes. 
But even when we're not, and when everybody around us is walling out, we can stand firm and still hear from God. Some people, listen, some people pray just to pray, and some people pray to get to know God. Write that down. Some people pray just to pray, and some people pray to get to know God. Even when everyone else is doing it, when we refuse to defile ourselves by accepting everything that's offered to us, because he promised, Proverbs 2.5, that the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So the result is we're wiser with more insight and more understanding than anyone else around us. You want me to prove that? Let me prove that to you. How many of you have come out on your jobs? And don't get that twisted. I mean, you've come out, you've let people know that you, <laughs> come on. You got to say that nowadays. You let people know that, you're a, that you believe in God, that you're a Christian. You've come out and you've let them know that you believe, that you're a Christian, that you're trying this thing, that you're at least trying to walk with God, right? And so if you've done that at your job, let me prove this to you. Even when you're messed up, even when you've blown it, even when you feel more miserable than everybody else there because, you know, you've blown it or you've just done bad that week, how many times everyone around you comes to you for advice? Isn't it true? Why? Is it because you're always smiling? And all? No, because, uh, because, because he promised. Because he promised that we'd have more wisdom, that we'd have more insight. It's a shame sometimes that our testimonies don't match what we have in our hearts. But, but we're working on that, amen? But we're wiser and, and have more insight. All right, I'm still on the recap. You see, when, before I was a pastor, I worked in corporate, and I had two Jehovah Witnesses and an atheist that couldn't go a day without my input. It was the weirdest thing in my life. Two Jehovah Witnesses and an atheist that would come to my office every day to, well, what do you think about this? Well, my wife, uh, this. Well, well, at the church, I said, wait, at your Jehovah Witness church? Yeah, yeah. Um, they feel that. I said, well. I said, do they know you're talking to me? It's crazy, amen? But see, when you come out, it's just, it's good. It's good, amen? The, the, the body of Christ has been in the closet way too long. Everybody else could come out. We need to be out, amen? And then some. All right, I better get back to the message. I'm still on the recap. See, when we stand, God shines, amen? So if you're just joining us, we follow Daniel, and we watched through all of this, and we watched as he stood, and when, whenever the king had a dream, and after the king had called every brujo and every, every wizard and warlock to interpret the dreams, and they couldn't, he would call Daniel, and every time we saw how Daniel inquired of the Lord, and every time he was given the correct interpretation to every king's dream, because when Daniel took a stand, God was glorified. And even if it was just temporary, God was worshipped. See, sometimes when we take a stand and God shines, change comes, but it seems to only be temporary. How many of you have friends that come to us for help or for prayer, but when the season has passed, when the rain stops, you feel like they were only using you because you had a bigger umbrella? Amen? Amen? Don't be discouraged. 
Just think of how many times you did that. And you're here today in church, praise God. So as a matter of fact, if the person that brought you to church is here with you, would you turn to them and say, thanks for letting me under your umbrella? Hey, hey, hey. We need to pray for Rihanna, amen? Okay, so if you're just joining us, We've gone through the book of Daniel and we've seen how, how even one of the kings, he set up a statue and he forced everyone to bow down and worship it when they heard the music. Notice that the enemy used music to redirect the people's worship away from God. I like that, Jonathan. Wow. Notice the enemy used music to redirect people's worship away from God. Okay, that's a whole other message. But you see, see, when, when we, we read that when they heard the music, everyone was to bow down. And when the music started, these three young men took a stand and went against the music of that, went against what the music of that culture was telling them to do. Oh, that's deep. Come on. Those who have understanding, let them hear. They went, notice how with these young men who refused to defile themselves, who refused to, to serve God and only God, when the music played, they refused. They went against what the culture of the music was telling them to do. Wow, I wish we had some young people like that today. As a result, we read that they were thrown in the fire. How many of you like to be thrown in the fire for, for changing the music on your iPod? Whoa. So, and to prove that the furnace was real and that the fire was hot, history tells us that the men who tied them up and took them to the furnace were burnt up and killed by the fire. So, so how many of you know that that's hot? And, and, and I say that because I've heard, sign, I've heard shows, you know, National Geographic and all those kind of shows that you read, and they've tried to explain how it, depending on where they stood in the furnace, they could have been not burned. And I said, man, you got to have the faith of an idiot to, to, to try to find the spot. How many of you vote for that job? I, let me try to find the spot in the furnace where I can stand and not be crispy. I get one chance at it. <laughs> but, but so to prove that, I, I believe that's why that little sentence is in there. To prove that, it says the men that were throwing them in were consumed with fire. So the thing was hot. Amen. And so we read how the only thing that was burnt up in the fire, besides the guys that brought him in, amen, we read the only thing that was burned up in the fire were the ropes that were used to tie them. Why? Because he promised in Genesis 50-20 that what the enemy meant for your harm, I will use for your favor. Yeah. Hear this, hear this. And not only for you, but for the life of many. Yes, yes. Oh man, that's good. So the enemy meant for that fire to destroy you, but God used it to burn the ropes that had you tied up in the first place. How many of you need to hear that today? The fire you may be in right now, that situation you may be in right now, the enemy meant it to destroy you, but God's going to use it for your favor and for the life of many. Rejoice. Rejoice. So if you're just joining us, 
We've gone through the book of Daniel. And how many of you caught on that this recap isn't for those just joining us? See, I'm doing a recap, a Daniel remix. Because not only do I want everyone to have these revelations, but and a lot of us need to hear the same thing again. How, how many say yeah? yeah? Right? Some of us are brutal like that, right? Some of us are stubborn like that. Some of us, you need to hear it again and again and again. Maybe the third, the fourth time we say, oh, oh, he's not talking about Daniel. He's talking about my life. Oh, all this time I thought he was talking about Daniel, but he's talking to me. Why do you think the word of God tells us a lot of the same stories over and over again in different books? Right? There's one Jesus, there's four Gospels. We need to hear it, right? We need to hear it. So we've read how God delivered these young people from the fire. And because of the king, because of that, the king issued these decrees that people need to recognize the God of these young people. Because when we stand, God gets recognized. Young people, would you receive that today? When you stand... God gets recognized. So we follow Daniel through different kings and different dreams. And in every situation, Daniel took a stand and outsiders recognized God. Because you see, a man on his own can't unravel the mysteries of life and the dreams of certain situations without God. And a man on his own surely can't stand in the middle of the fiery furnace and come out without even a hair being singed or without even smelling like smoke. Only God can make that happen. Amen? Amen. So sometimes we find ourselves in God-sized situations. Listen, you need to hear this. So that outsiders could recognize God. A lot of the times, it's so that even we would recognize God. Sometimes we get in some situations that we're like, how, why, why? But it's so that other people around you could see God work in you. And sometimes it's so that you can see God work in you. Amen? How many of you had just at least one of those experiences? Just one time where God showed up and, and God, and you recognize God in this situation and you'll never be the same again. Amen? We need that without, with, listen, without that, this is grandma's religion. Amen? Without that a personal experience, without that encounter with God, this is what grandma's always talking about. This is grandma's church. This is grandma's religion. But when, but when you recognize God in your situation, it becomes yours. Amen? It becomes real. It becomes, whoa, this isn't religion. This is power. Whoa, this isn't stories. This is real life. Whoa, there's power in what we're, we're, we're doing and what we're walking in. Amen? Come on, if you felt that power, don't get quiet now. Have you ever just screamed out, God, why is all of this happening to me? I can't handle this. This is too much for me. This is more than I can bear. This is more than I can deal with. Has that ever been you? God says, I know. I know it is. Just stand. And when you've done all to stand... Stand. 
God is about to be recognized as your deliverer, as your healer, as your warrior, as your savior, as your supplier, as your portion, as your glory and the lifter of your head. Because all of those promises are in his word. Because he promised. That's why. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. We need to go back to some of those. Amen. Wow. When I'm overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Here's another quote for you that are writers. Any concern too small to be turned into a prayer is too small to be made into a burden. In other words, turn your concerns into prayers before they become your burdens. I I thought I was talking to some people. Turn your concerns into prayers before they become your burdens. An example of a God-sized situation, we follow Daniel when he got thrown into the den of lions for serving God. He got thrown into a den of lions for doing good. Now don't get it twisted. Sometimes we get ourselves thrown into the den of lions for not doing the right things. Right? Let's not pretend that we're all holy up in here to a whole nother level. Sometimes we get thrown into some, we end up in these situations because we made decisions that came with consequences that we weren't ready to handle. I'm just talking to two people, I guess. All right. See, many times it's at those points where, where we've done things, gotten ourselves in, with consequences that we can't handle, and it's at those points that we want to get all spiritual. God, I'm just going to stand here like Pastor George said. But you ain't done nothing else Pastor George talked about, so why start now? Listen, God doesn't always remove the consequences, but even when we get our own selves thrown into the den of lions, even at that point, we can stand. And if we truly stand and trust in him, you'll find him walking around in the fire with you. Say amen. Because he promised in Psalms 44, blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Yeah, we follow Daniel through all these incredible situations, these trials, these journeys. And when we hit chapter 7, and and look, I just noticed this. In chapter 7, the kings aren't dreaming anymore. God has given Daniel his own dreams. Wow. That just hit me this week. Now everybody else is not dreaming. He's dreaming. God has given him his own dreams. It's almost as if, listen to this, God took, this is my own conjecture here. It's almost as if God took him out from his godly environment, his godly background, and then watched if he would stay in communication with him. And God saw how he had the opportunity to do what everyone else was doing, but he refused to defile himself. And then God sent dreams to one king after another, after another, And watched as Daniel stepped up and took a chance by trusting God for the interpretations. And then by trusting God, even when it was outlawed to pray. Do you understand that in that time, in Daniel's situation, if he would have stepped up and say, I'm going to pray to the Lord to interpret your dream. And if he didn't do it, he dead. It's not like, oh, oh, well, I won't call Cleo anymore. I got to call the other one, California sidekicks or the other one. No, it, you blew it, you're dead. Do you understand? So it was a risk every time that he stood up and said, 
Listen, I'm going to trust God that you give me the interpretation to, 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 to do this. Sometimes it's a risk that we take when we stand and say, listen, I'm going to pray with you. Listen, I'm going to believe with you that this is going to happen. I'm going to believe with you that, 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 that God is, wants to speak into your life. I'm going to believe with you that God could turn this situation around. It's a risk, amen? But it's almost as if, you know, God watched him do, take all of these chances. And then even when it was outlawed to pray, God watched him how he prayed. And then ultimately watched as Daniel, even when it was, when it was outlawed, he was imprisoned. He was thrown into the den of lions basically for serving God faithfully. And so now God isn't speaking through those situations anymore. God is speaking right to Daniel. Giving him dreams and visions. I'm not saying it has to happen this way, but because he promised... In Luke 16.10, listen to this. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. See, it's amazing to me how many people have these huge dreams, these huge aspirations of big things, but they've never been faithful in small areas. You could get quiet. They want to own and manage buildings, but they can't pick up their garbage when they leave this one. They want big titles, but no responsibility. I want to lead the choir, but I don't want to come to practice. I want to play an instrument, but I don't want to take a lesson. I want to teach, but I don't want to read. I want to lead, but I'm not going to follow. See, chapter 9 is a result of chapter 7 and 8. God has given Daniel dreams, not just dreams for himself and for his time, but dreams that God entrusted him with something so incredible. He gave him dreams that would tell the life that, that people are living in that time as well as the lives that we're living here today. The news that we read and hear about today was foretold in Daniel. I mean, is that, did God give him a, a, a beautiful, heavy anointing on him? Did God give him some incredible insight that what's happening today, 2009, how many years after that? What's happening today can be, can be looked at in, in, in the book of Daniel. And, and um, you know, the last time me and Gary shared on this, you know, we went into and got into Daniel's dreams and we got into that. But, and you can download those messages on our website. But, but this is where we left off. We left off in Daniel 9 where Daniel was reading the scriptures. And he came across a promise that would mark the end of captivity. That God was going to end this time of exile. And he was going to gather his people and bring them back. Listen. He learns of the promise and he believes it, but in the natural, there's no sign that it's about to take place. I want to end with that scenario today. Because I know there are so many people here today holding on to a promise, which in the natural, there is no sign that it's ever going to take place. Am I talking to anybody today? The question of the hour is, if God promised it, why do I pray? You ever asked yourself that question? If God promised it, then why should I pray? Let's look at the definition of promise for a minute. Because I, I, I was kind of, I got at a, at a stop here and I said, man, you know, I understand a lot of biblical example and I understand where this is coming from. But, but in the natural, in the regular conversation, it's not easy to explain. If I promised you something, you don't have to keep asking me for it. 
Or do you? If God promised something, why should we pray? So let's look at the definition of promise for a minute. Promise, the verb, it means to assure someone that one will definitely do, give, or arrange something. So a promise means that <laughs> you're assuring someone that one will definitely do, give, or arrange something. Another definition is to give an assurance to commit oneself. Every one of God's promises all throughout the word of God is an example of God arranging something. It's an example of God committing himself to something. Listen, the entire gospel is a promise that God has arranged something for us. Amen? That he's committed himself. It's an assurance. He's promised us eternal life. He's promised us forgiveness of sins. He's promised that he would never leave us or forsake us. He's promised that he would supply every need according to his riches and glory. That we could have life and have it to the fullest. But we can still refuse to walk in that promise. We can walk out and away from that promise. How many of you understand that? That might go against some doctrinal teaching, but it's clear. It's a promise. God said it. God did it because he promised in Romans 10, 9, listen to this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. But look at that. If you look at just that one sentence, it means you can't step into the promise without the prayer. Do, do, do you catch that? It says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that, that God sent Christ and that he died and that he rose from the dead for us, if we then... So we can't really step into the promise without the prayer. Daniel read that God promised it and so Daniel prayed it. Because he promised, we can pray. I, you need to get this before you leave today. Because he promised, we can pray. What he didn't promise, we can't pray for. What wasn't promised, we can't pray for. You can, but you'd be wasting spit and air. But what he promised, we can pray for. Because he promised, we can pray. There's examples of that all throughout the word of God. God's promises are birthed in prayer. God's promises are birthed in prayer. God promised Elijah that it would rain. Remember when we went through the entire book of, of, you know, talking through the life of Elijah? God promised Elijah that it would rain. But even after praying for six times, there was no sign of cloud in the sky. But because God promised Elijah, Elijah went back and prayed the seventh time. The seventh time, the guy came back and said, there's a little cloud in the sky. Come on, you should be excited. Come on, some of you have been praying six and you've been praying four and five and six times. You've come to three, four, and five prayer meetings with the same thing, and, and, and you're about to quit because it doesn't look like in the natural there's not a cloud in the sky. There is not one sign of the promise that's about to happen. But but Elijah went back the seventh time and he prayed again as if he hadn't even prayed the other six times. Come on. 
It's amazing how we'll give, we'll give a, an aspirin an hour or two to work, but, but God had to be done immediately when we come to God. So because he promised Elijah kept praying until it rained, Jesus told the disciples he was going to send them a comforter after he was taken, the Holy Spirit of God. He told them, wait. And because he promised it would come, they prayed in the upper room until it came. Why they pray? Because he promised. Why they pray? Because he promised. He promised, so they prayed. Amen? Are you getting it? See, God does nothing but an answer to prayer. Pick this up. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Toma! Listen, God had a promised land for the people when Moses led them out of captivity, but an entire generation didn't see the land that was promised because of disobedience. Write this down. Disobedience delays destiny. Man. Some of you, I just got to come to church and I'm good. No, you need to turn your life to God. Coming to church is a good idea. But that's not life. Amen? And I know every preacher says this, but it's like going to White Castle will not make you a hamburger. You can go to White Castle every day, every day, every day. You will not become a hamburger. You understand? So you can come to church every time the doors open. It will not change you until you make a real decision. Amen? Coming here is just nice. And it might make you feel better. But that feeling wears off. Amen? Can we testify? That feeling wears off. You could, by the afternoon, you're having lunch. You're like, yeah, we got up early. We went to church. Hey, you, man, you're a pretty good Christian, you know? And then, but then by the time you're heading home and somebody's in your parking spot or somebody cuts you off, you're like, hey, what? The? It's done. It wore off. You're not feeling it anymore. Amen? Some of you say, oh, no, he didn't. True story, last night I was driving, I didn't know I was going to put this in here, but last night we were driving, and I'm on the Henry Hudson, and all of a sudden I feel, thunk, and a car hits me and takes off. I have my wife and my two girls in the car, so they can testify, they can tell you if I cursed, if I lost it. But I got hit though, and got taken off. So first, first I said, all right, fine. Get, get the license plate, get the license plate. BPP 7875. And my daughter's taking out her Blackberry and she brought BPP. We got him. We got you. We got you. She's flipping, right? We got him. We got him. If, if you know which one that was, you know which one that is. But then something told me that's not enough for me. I said, no. Boom. And, and I pulled up and I'm, I'm, I found him. That's him. That's him. So I'm right behind him. I'm high beaming him. I'm high beaming him and honking and high beaming him. I said, boy, you better stop, boy. And I'm high beaming him. And then so he, he slows down and I pull up next to him. He rolls down the window and it's like a, like a 19-year-old, 20-year-old young guy. And he goes. And I said, you need to pull over. You hit me and you kept going, brother. What's going on? I'm sorry, I didn't notice. I didn't know that I hit you. I didn't. I said, you need to pull. Okay, when do we need to pull over? I said, you need to pull over at the next thing. And so, and so by now, my daughters and my wife are like, oh, but he's so cute. He's so nice. 
Papi, that wasn't nice. You yelled at him. Papi, you... I said, listen, I need to be assertive. You understand? I needed him to understand that you don't hit somebody and keep going. I didn't lose my testimony, did I? No, I just said, you don't do that. And I, I walked in God. I felt like I had the authority of God to tell him with my mouth, pull over. And so he pulls over, and we pull over, and he walks over to me. He was a big white guy, Bendito, but he was, you know, he was young. And I noticed it was just a little, you know, it, he hit like the, he just dented the, the, the rubber, I guess, and it came right out. And so I looked at him, I said, are you all right? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. It's just been, you know. And so I, I said, where, where are you from? Are you okay? He said, no, I'm okay. I'm just a little shook up. You know, somebody hit me earlier. And I said, all right, man, God bless you, bro. You're, you're going to be all right? He said, yeah, I said, I buffed that out. Don't worry, God bless you. Shook his hand and let him go. And why did I even tell that story? Huh? Because, amen, thank you, my, my assistant. Because, because you, you have to keep who you are, amen? But it doesn't mean that people run over you. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're powerless. We walk in authority of God because God promised I'm the head and not the tail. You understand? But, but there's no excuse. And, and, and he, here's, here's the point. There's no excuse to lose who you are. Amen? I could have gotten his information and, and I could have hit him for four or five hundred dollars for the repainting of a little scratch on a bumper. You can, legally, right? But I wanted to show him the love of God. I wanted to invite him to church, but it just kind of didn't feel that way. I just said, God bless you. Amen. 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 Because he promised. Because he promised. So listen, disobedience delays destiny. This is what I'm closing with. God still, and, and listen, nothing's changed from the Old Testament to now. God still has a promised land for his people. Like Moses led them out of captivity, Jesus came that we could be free. Some of you are holding on to some promises today, but those of you that don't have any, I want to give you some today. And, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand when you hear the promise that you want to stand on. Amen? We say it's impossible, God's promise, all things are possible, Luke 18, 27. We say, I'm too tired, God's promise, I'll give you rest, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. We say, nobody really loves me, God's promise, I love you, John 2, 16, John 13, 34. We say, I can't go on, God's promise, my grace is sufficient for you, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. We say, I can't figure things out. God's promise, I will direct your steps. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We say, I can't do it. God promise, you can do all things. Philippians 4, 13. I'm not able. I am able. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. It's not worth it. It will be worth it. Romans 8, 28. I can't forgive myself, but I forgive you. 1 John 1, 9 and Romans 8, 1. I can't manage... I will supply all of your needs, Philippians 4.19. But I'm afraid I have not given you the spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1.7. I'm always worried and frustrated. Cast all your cares on me, 1 Peter 5.7. I don't have enough faith. I have given everyone a measure of faith, Romans 12.3. I'm not smart enough. I give you wisdom, 1 Corinthians 1.30. I feel all alone. I will never leave you nor forsake you, Hebrews 13.5. Because he promised, we pray. We Because he promised, we worship. Because he promised today, we can stand. Let's bow our heads.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Father, thank you, Lord God, for each and every one of those promises. If you're here today, listen, I don't want to let anybody leave until we do this. If you're here today and you've never made that decision and you've never said, God, I'll trust you with my life. If you never said what the word says, we need to confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, that he rose from the dead so that we can be forgiven, so that we can have forgiveness of sins, so that we can have life and have it abundantly. If you're looking for that abundant life today, if you've never done that, I just want to invite you. Man, this ain't no place to be shy. This ain't no place to hold back. If you've never done that and you want to do that, just come. Come come stand with me right here. You know who you are. There's two of you in here. You know who you are. God is saying, you've never made this decision. You think... Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.